course. Of course. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 17th. Virginia won a national championship a week ago. I don't know if you guys know that or not. Um, and man, did some stuff ex- escalate quickly thereafter. <laughs> this has been the weirdest. If Virginia did win a national championship last week, I would say that the last week has been the weirdest week of my professional life. But it has been a, just a just a jam-packed few days. Uh, we're going to talk about all of it, uh, starting with um, our um, the uh, celebration on Saturday. Um for which Justin Ferber and I were in attendance. And again, one of the mo- more surreal moments um, covering this team. But that's, yeah, like I said, the last week has been full of those. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How are you, my friend? Doing good, Brad. I mean, so many draft jokes. They're just too many. I'm just going to let them go. Uh, <laughs> who days on the board at who days on Twitter. And the aforementioned Justin Ferber up in Arlington. Also back on the program. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Uh, it was awesome to see everybody there on Saturday. It's good to know that some people that haven't been to Scott Stadium in many years still know how to get there. Uh, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Yeah, I just went there. Yeah, you did. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. One thing uh, about that that I thought was really interesting is afterwards we get a chance to talk to Tony and to Kyle Guy. And um, Tony... Basically says, look, they they said we needed to have it outside, and I was like, no, nah, JPJ will be fine. And what did what did you figure for a one and a half JPJs? Um, yeah, it was like twenty one thousand. That's pretty that's pretty strong. Um, you know, some me, my, myself and some some other media folks had kind of texted a little bit about what we thought the number was, and I mean, I tossed out thirty at one point just as a joke. Um, so for them to clear twenty on the way to thirty, I thought was was pretty impressive. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, I thought that they might have actually like screwed up the the way they set it up and made it so a bunch of people would show up and not be able to see, but it actually worked out pretty perfectly. Yeah, uh, I mean, like if it had been thirty, forty thousand, you would have had some people that wouldn't have been able to see, or they would have been you know behind yeah. the stage. I thought that the the event itself was was fun. Um, for future reference, and listen, I'm well, not. We- just the first part needs to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Look, 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 look. The CEO from the health system, like, look, all right. I understand that, like, they pay for it. So somebody, but, like, the speech speech, like, if one point Ferber looked at me and goes, is she, like, running for office? And for a minute, I was like, maybe? Um, I wasn't real sure. Listen, I, I'm not going to tell people what to do when, you know, they've given money for an event and paid for a thing. I'm not, you know, you want to get up and talk? That's cool. I just, you know, time and place. You know, my dad used to work for a congressman, and the whole joke was if you can't be good, be brief, but if you can, be both. Um, next time, man, you know. I mean, the, the crowd was super amped, and then it was just like that, and the, and the politicians that got up and spoke. Um, there was actually some booing at one point, which is never a good, <laughs> never a good look. Um, I just, I, you know, looking back on it, you know, it was a record-breaking sort of thing, and, and then everybody sort of sat on their hands for a little while. Um, but once it got to the to players and everything, um, I w- I thought it was really really interesting and 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 sort of the interviews that they did on the stage showed everybody's personalities to a T. Uh, Dave, watching from um, I'm yeah. guess, did you watch it live on the stream? Yeah, I streamed it. So um, what did you think? Yeah, I think all I could think was here's another event from the national championship that I can't get to because <laughs> yeah, the blessing of a of a growing business. Um, now. I, you guys are right. Like, I mean, I texted you guys that I didn't mind the CEO speech because I know you got to have someone like, as a time filler. Um, Hers was and, actually and, okay. It yeah. wasn't like terrible. But yeah, the the city council women, both of them. Um, I mean, at a point in, in a city, I don't want to get all political on it, but in a city that's had some issues in the last year, right? Um, I mean, it was a nice time of unity. I didn't understand whether you agree with what they said or not. It just was your right time and place. Um, <laughs> I like how you. A little, I like how you just started to go political about it, even though we didn't necessarily need well, that. It was kind of that was really meta what you just did there, Dave. It was also meta. not on topic at all. Which it wasn't. I no, was weird. No, it it wasn't. wasn't like it wasn't like you know, man, how crazy was Mamadi's shot? It was like think <laughs> about, about the, the firefighters <laughs> and the infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. it was just. And the grumbling was real. I mean, you could feel like the energy in the place yeah. going out. It was like Gardner Webb all over again. Everybody was uneasy. <laughs> I think, I think Carla Williams was like, "Let me just get out of here and get the, like, it, you know." Obviously, she was fine, but um, yeah, I think that that part it almost felt like it got cut short because we were sitting there and the team didn't know they were supposed to come out. Yeah, that was yeah, that's true. And I was like, "Did they just punt on a certain like you know part of this thing and just go straight to the team?" 
Yeah. I wonder if Carlo was supposed to speak for a longer portion, you know? Maybe. Was, I don't know. Because it was yeah. the CEO and then the politicians, and then it was supposed to be Carlo, right? Wasn't that the whole? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I heard yeah, they Ralph, changed you know, like an interview too, sort, of, sort of deal. Yeah. Ralph Ralph talked pretty you know for a little while too. So, was, I mean, was Ralph before? I thought Ralph was before those. Ralph, Ralph did Ralph start everything? Yeah, he went first, and his was fine. I mean, his yeah. wasn't like over the top, and and everybody was engaged at that point. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I can't re- honestly remember watching anyone else's victory celebration, so I don't know how it how it relates. And I mean, I was at the Cavs parade, and I don't remember anybody like going up there and giving like a random off-topic speech. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it did, and I got. I don't, I don't want it to. I don't want to make it seem like we're saying it ruined the event or anything. No, it definitely. Yeah, no, no. it no, was it very just, odd. You know. Yeah got all that emotion and then just kind of like make everyone sit on their hands well, and it wasn't just emotion it was the energy i mean the place yeah, was so like little, bumping, I mean, not emotion, you know no energy, no no yeah. i think you're right on both fronts it was like bumping the music was really loud um god i've never felt more a more curmudgeon than in my life than i did just right then but it was really it was loud. loud does, it was does that mean loud. they fixed the speakers it's got no 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 no. these were fake <laughs> no. speakers but what's really funny dave is that i actually said to verber you know what they should do they should keep these speakers all the time also he was yeah, he, he verber was very excited because he thought for one point we might get the scott stadium guy to come back you know and do the uh, yeah. do the thing and i thought uh, man i would have died I would have died. <laughs> nah, I think he, I think he's like I said. I think he's in like protective glass or something until like they just break it every August and like go back out there and say names. Do your thing, Micah yeah. Kaiser. All right, so the the players get up and they talk. Um, I I, I don't want to go too far into this, but I, I want I want to touch on one thing from the player thing, and I know from my discussions at the time with Ferber, uh, and I'm pretty sure we texted about this two days. So I guess this is a shoot. But listen. The question that Ty gets asked about, you know, what are your lasting memories in the crowd chance one more year? I, look, maybe Dave was trying to set them up so they would have that moment to just remember or something. I don't know. But I really thought when he asked the question that he was setting Ty up to basically say, well, I don't know what you mean because I'm coming back from my senior season or something like that. I really thought that's what was about to happen. Because otherwise, why ask that question? And he, I, it, he, was, he was clearly immediately uncomfortable. And I felt really bad for the kid because you know he was expecting to answer some question about you know how great it was to win a championship or how crazy those games were and he got you know that at the end and to his credit yeah. i mean he thought he did a pretty good job but once he recovered but man his he looked a little bit he looked a little bit shell-shocked what'd you think yeah i mean i think look it took a while for me to warm up to dave as, as the voice of the who's you know having grown up with mac and being used to hearing him on the call but dave has become a really good play-by-play guy and i i don't want to give him too much grief because overall he did okay but he had some kind of he had some bad moments there you know probably not as great ad lib as he should have been but that question yeah i mean it was almost like everyone knew he was going pro except dave forgot he hadn't announced yet um and it it was just an awkward situation because i think we all you know everyone everyone knew it was probably coming it just kind of put him in a position where he Todd clearly wasn't ready for it. Yeah. No, Todd doesn't look uncomfortable often. And you know, go back and listen to his Francesca interview if he thinks he, if you think he gets uncomfortable, and he certainly did. And I felt kind of uneasy watching it, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, it's, it's just thinking about being that age, and, and you know, it's just a, I don't know, it was a tough moment for him. Um, I, I kind of hate that's the way it had to end for him. I'd love for him to be able to talk about how well he played, not lasting memories. Um, and yeah, over just thinking, thinking through the play interviews, I, you know, I was pretty impressed. Mamadi, I mean, Mamadi probably could have talked for like 30 minutes if he'd let him. So, <laughs> you know, overall, overall, I thought, you know, overall, the whole thing was really good. And it's yeah. just there's some, you can, yeah. you can pick some nits here and there. But I, I also honestly, wondered, like, how much, I mean, there's a limit in the amount of time players can spend in a sport. Like, was there a time clock on that? Because I, I thought maybe they'd stick around and let players, you know, like fans, come down and sign autographs and get autographs and stuff after. Um, I don't know if the size of the crowd prevented that or there's a time, time restraint. Um, Wait, are you, are you saying rules. you were worried that the NCAA wouldn't let them be? As a... No, no. I just wondered if, you know, because there, there were some people that were at the, the coming home thing at JPJ who said that they were told afterwards they'd, they'd be able to get pictures and autographs on Saturday. Um, and clearly that didn't happen. I don't know if it didn't happen just because the crowd was so big or if it was, you know, they just 
had a certain amount of time they could devote to basketball related activities. I think at this point it's like they're just just give them some time. I mean, like they've they've been on the road and everything for so oh, long. Sure. It's like I mean, like even the coming home thing. It's like they they probably want to go sleep in their bed. Like you know, it's been a week or whatever. But yeah, I mean, going back to what you were saying about Ty, I just thought um, at first you know he went last, so I was like maybe they're setting him up to say he's coming back here or something. Um, but I almost think he might have just written those questions down like before the thing and then like he you know they didn't declare until this week so he just you know the timing was just kind of weird but i mean i i didn't honestly think they were going to stick around or anything there was no way to really like they there was no way to like have people come down there really and there or anywhere for the players to go so it was kind of just like and also i think part of the reason they set it up the way they did is because they didn't want to tear the field up during football spring practice so yeah, I think that was definitely. I mean, you could tell where the where the barriers and everything were. I mean, look for a group that has never had a national championship celebration uh, of that caliber, right? I mean, not that you know they haven't won twenty six of them as a school, but like this was clearly the biggest one for them to to put it together and have it go as well as it did, and you know have as many people showed up. I mean, you know, it was a you know the whole thing is like it's like it's not. I guess maybe record breaking isn't the the frame the phrase, but like it's. It's it's all it's it's precedent setting, right? Like they were able to get this thing put together, and I thought it was a great event. I thought the fans certainly enjoyed it. Didn't really dig the traffic afterwards. Um, maybe maybe that's because I'm used to covering games and everybody's gone by the time you know I finish up with work stuff. But um, you know, I, I just thought it was really well done. And outside of you know some nits that we want to pick about you know speakers and what, and I'm not really trying to even bag on Dave just for the question. I just thought. Um, you know, it just for of the guys that you're going to ask that to who are going to go pro, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, maybe Ty was the one who you felt like might handle it the best. And, and it does make some sense to, you know, because I mean, look, I had him on my podcast, right? I had him in, in, in on the show for 300. And in I asked him a question that was essentially that, but it was not in that setting, you know. So it was a, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was a bad question. It was just like, it was just sort of like, it put him on the spot in a way I don't think he was necessarily expecting. But for all we know, you yeah. know, they they went over it beforehand. You know, who knows? Maybe um, just, you know, a few qualifiers before he asked it. Like, you know, if you decide to go, you know, if, if this is your last year of time, yeah, yeah, what yeah, would you yeah, like yeah, people yeah. to remember? You know, yeah. Something simple like that. Yeah. And maybe he just forgot it. But. Yeah, that's true. And it could have yeah. been, you know, it could have been one of those deals, too. Like, and you're right. If you just, you know, you, you preface it with, look, look, you guys have some some decisions to make. So, you know, and you're not ready to announce any of that stuff here. But. You know, like, and I understand giving people the chance to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that makes sense to me. Um, so, um, before we get to uh, the next segment, talking about those NBA decisions, let's take our first break. Um, the Caps Corner Podcast brought to you today by Thorium Wealth. Uh, do you own a small business? Do you have a hard time finding partners to help with problems that you face every day? Thorium Wealth is the business owner's financial partners. Data-driven personal service focused solely on the needs of small business owners makes Thorium Wealth different. The advisors at Thorium Wealth have spent more than 35 years working with the unique financial challenges that business owners face every day. Unleash the power of Thorium Wealth to help you and your business grow and prosper. You can visit Thorium Wealth today for more information and full disclosures. That's Thorium Wealth, T-H-O-R-I-U-M, wealth.com. Our thanks to Thorium Wealth for their support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. So NBA decisions, the sky is falling. The sky is it's 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 falling. There is there's there is just debris everywhere because all of the Virginia basketball rosters are in tatters. It, first it was Ty Jerome, and then it was DeAndre Hunter, and everybody understood that those two were probably going to go pro. But then Kyle Guy announced the next day, but he said he was going to leave it open. And then Mama Diakite announced today, and then a little while later he said he was going to leave it open. And you would think that people would be prepared for some of these eventualities. People were apparently not prepared for these eventualities. Or they haven't been able to process it. And I don't want to bag on fans too much, although, you know, we have never really held back on our, um, you know, if we felt like we needed to check the fan base, we will. I guess I want to start here. Anybody surprised at the developments thus far? And if so, what, what are your surprises? Absolutely not. Um, not surprised at all. Uh, also, I don't know if you guys saw, but Jay Huff announced that he's staying, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. 
Um, and if you see the post, it was definitely meant to be funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we all kind of knew that at a minimum with these rules, it just makes sense to test the waters. It doesn't make sense to – if you're anywhere in the realm of NBA, which all of those guys are, um, it makes sense to to go out there and at least try and see what's what. Um I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but Dre and Ty aren't coming back. They're gone, um, barring something very, very unforeseen. Um, Kyle could be back. Not that, not much of a stretch. Um, I mean, I'm not in his head. I don't know what he's thinking, but it's possible. Um, Mamadi, same thing. So, you, yeah, it puts Tony in kind of a tough spot and the and the coaching staff just from a roster management perspective because. The grad transfer market is open, and you have some some uh, high school seniors that are either decommitted now from coaching changes, or they're just still uncommitted. Uh, they just never committed. Um, and then all the grad transfers that are out there. So it puts you in a position where you're trying to compete for those guys and fill your roster out, but you don't really know how many spots you have because obviously if Kyle or Mamadi or Braxton or whoever, anybody that wants to test the waters, wants to come back, they're going to be welcome back. So um, you kind of have to, you know, it's kind of like managing the roster with one hand tied behind your back, but it's a good thing because it's much better to be in a position where you have a roster full of guys that are ready or almost ready to go pro. Um, and you can sell it on the recruiting trail, but it's also just speaks to the development of the players and, and what you're getting out of your roster. So this is a good problem to have just like winning a national championship and elevating the stock of players is a good problem to have. Okay, well, I had not. I'm hold on, hold on, hold on, Dave. Hold on, Dave. Hold on. Go we gotta talk about the Jay Huff thing because this is the this is the best thing I've seen. It's ever. hilarious. Okay, yeah. so Jay Huff tweets and says essentially, "Yeah, he's coming back, right?" And he and he <laughs> the pictures are so good. He says he read. He, this is his text. He says, "I'd like to thank God, my family, my friends who've all supported me through this journey. These past three years have been more than I ever dreamed it could be, and this team accomplished so much during my time here. With that being said, I would like to officially declare my intention to stay at the University of Virginia and finish out my time here. And at the end, he says, made y'all nervous, didn't I? I? Oh, dude, I cannot say how much I love it. Oh, I love it. That's a dude who understands the, like everything about the moment and himself and just completely, completely comfortable with it. I love it. All right. I'm sorry, Dave. I interrupted you. Continue. Well, I was going to say, I'm completely shocked by all the announcements. I didn't see it coming. Never thought it was possible. Really would give up the championship. No, no come on. I mean, all you guys who were bargaining, I guarantee you there's some fans that, like, when, when Taz at the free throw line against Purdue, they're like, if, even if they all leave, can you, can you please let, let something good happen for us here? Like, there are so many miraculous moments. If, for some reason, all, all four and whoever else may announce end up staying pro, I'll still be happy because we got a chip, right? I mean, <laughs> that's all that matters to me. Um, you can't be uh, – I got a little irate today, like reading some of the takes and some of the selfish responses, um, not necessarily on Twitter. Like there, there's, a, there's a group on Facebook which I had to get away from because the amount of unintelligent takes on there were – beyond comprehension um these players like i don't want to go on too big of a rant here but every one of these players who declared today had to deal with the aftermath of umbc so even if they hadn't won the championship and decided to go pro you should support them for coming back and playing as well as they did even during the regular season they had just made the final four this probably would have happened so i don't understand the the upset post i've seen um if you want to be upset because you're losing them that's one thing but like making any comment about them chasing money or whatever you know i mean you need to back off a little bit these guys like momity you know momity and kyle most likely going to come back but they're going to go test the process and if they hear what they like and they decide to stay then i will do nothing but follow their career from wherever it takes them um I've watched 40-plus years of Virginia basketball. I've seen plenty of players leave early. None of them ever left early, having brought me a national title. So they've earned whatever they want to give, uh, whatever they want to do, and I'll support it. And if anyone else announces and goes, I'll support it too. Um, yeah, I don't <laughs> I, I, I envy the fact we're in a position to do it because wasn't it last year people were telling us unless Tony has an NBA, you've got to have NBA talent on the roster to win the national title? Well, 
and here we are. We got it. Like you can't have it both ways. Guess who else is dealing with player? Like every other team in the country is dealing with this right now. Gonzaga had what two or three guys declare. I don't know who's left in Blacksburg. I haven't checked Twitter recently. Um, a lion. Duke, yeah, Duke every year is doing. <laughs> yeah, lion. Right. Duke every year is dealing with this, and they haven't cut the nets down in a few. So you know, it, it just is what it is, and I couldn't be happier for those guys. Um, I mean, just think of those four. Like the DeAndre Hunter could have been a lottery pick last year and chose to come back and help us win a national title. Um, so you certainly shouldn't put any bad, you know, bad comments towards him. Todd Jerome, three years ago, people were thinking, why did Tony recruit this guy? He's got bad hips and, you know, he's not athletic enough to guard the point in the ACC. And he completely, like, put a master's class on the position for the entire NCAA tournament. So let him go make some money. Um, you know, he's not going to become Russell Westbrook. He, he's Todd Jerome, and at this point, his stock would probably – I mean, it could potentially be higher, but its stock is pretty good. So, so go with it. And if Kyle gets good feedback and Mommy gets good feedback, I'll be perfectly happy. They—they they owe me nothing. Yeah. They owed me nothing before this, and they gave me plenty. I think I think this is a good place for fans to sort of take a step back. All right, you said something in there, Dave, that I kind of want to disagree with. You said like, "Well, it's it's okay because they they delivered a championship." I would say to you like this. It didn't matter what the kids went through. Like, if if a guy thinks he's ready to become a professional. Uh, we should support him, and you know what I'm saying. Like he should that that there are fans that would would give any sort of vitriol. Like let's say they didn't win the championship. Let's say it was just you know a Sweet 16 and they lost. Like if a guy, if Ty Jerome or or DeAndre Hunter or whoever felt like you know what I'm I'm ready to go make money doing this thing that I'm good at, right? Like I I don't think that the that the that the end should justify. You know, or that it has to justify. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think that there are a lot of fans that do think that, and there are probably folks who listen or listen to this podcast right now who maybe the discussion we're about to have is going to make you uncomfortable, and I apologize. But, like, look, ultimately, like, the kids don't owe you anything. Like, they don't. And I understand, like, you want your team to be good. Your team just won a national championship. You're looking at the roster for next year. You, you probably are – most people, I think, understood that Dre was definitely leaving and that there was a chance Ty could leave. And then when Ty comes out and he says, no, no, I'm staying in the draft, this is my plan, I'm going, folks are like, oh, okay. Well, then when Kyle announces, folks are like, oh. But he said he could leave the door open. Well, then the momity reaction, the the level of freakout about it, I, I thought, you know what, on some level, like, yeah, would it suck if Virginia has to go into next season without – you know, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, and Mama Diakite, or heck, throw Braxton Key in the mix too. Like, yes, that would that would be rough. But you know what? Like, that's not necessarily one. It's not a bad thing for the program in the long term because having guys go pro is a good thing for the team. It's good to win a national championship. It's good when you have those two things combined. You have minutes to sell. There's a lot of positive there. Yeah, there is some uh, some obvious short term negative, right? But ultimately, like. If you're going to be a fan, I think you have to support the kids when they lose to UMBC, support the kids when they're down three late to Texas Tech. And then if they want to go follow their dreams, man, you got to support that too. And I understand that, that like, ultimately, like, you're sad because, you, you know, these, these integral pieces to this national championship run are potentially going to the, to the next level and maybe aren't going to be wearing Virginia jerseys anymore. But you gotta, you got to go past your own privilege. You know what I mean? Like, you got to look at it and say, you know what? Look at these kids like who who came to UVA and set out to have this goal and achieve this this thing and now look at them going out there, you know? Or if they didn't, man, look at these guys who have put in a lot of work and now they're going to realize their dreams. And maybe you disagree with their timing or their potential or whatever, but that's not your call. And the kind of, I don't know, the kind of like I don't want to even call it like armchair quarterbacking of it. Like we can have a conversation about, you know, hey, is Ty Jerome going to be any better in a year? Uh, probably not. He's going to be – this is probably as hot as the iron is going to be for him, right? Kyle Guy might be a different matter. You, you know, you could say, oh, he needs to gain a little bit of weight, needs to be more physical, needs to show he can be more – with do more with the ball in his hand, you know, more – you know, more facilitating, more point guard skills, because then he, he's a little bit more marketable as a combo than he is just as a score at his size for the next level. Um, I think you can have those discussions without saying that, like, you know, it's, it's just like most other things, right? Say so when people jump to these extremes, oh, this is a terrible day. I had some dude on Twitter come at me and be like, I can't, would you honestly 
Can you honestly imagine making this decision, that this generational wealth decision, for ninety percent chance that you're going to get drafted the same year? And I was like, I've never seen anyone who more misunderstood all of the stuff that goes into this than that than that specific tweet. I just feel like one, you got to support the kids. Two, you got to look at the long term benefit to the program. And then three, like if Tony Bennett built this thing, like did you know? Did you think you caught lightning in a bottle with just these recruits? Because you know, maybe then you're stressed. But otherwise, like, you know, you just want a national championship. There's going to be a lot of cachet that comes with that. I think there's going to be a lot of boost on the recruiting trail. I just, I don't, I don't see the level. I don't see the reason for folks to freak out the way they freaked out. What do you think, Ferber? I mean, it's not any, it's not complicated, right? But they, even the people like the cynical, like it's about money. Yeah, it's about money for everybody. Like that's what we do. That's like if do you want to take a job for less money and do the same thing? No. Um, also there's a myth that it's like, they're not finishing their degree. As long as you leave in good standing, you can come back. Like, I mean, you can always finish your degree. Your basketball longevity is always limited. Like Ty Jerome could come back and play another year of college basketball for free where he's already won everything, or he could go try to make money. Like, let's say his career is only going to last until he's 32 years old. That's one extra year. That's like millions of dollars potentially. Um, like it's that, also that, very. It's a no brainer in any yeah. other field besides sports, and it annoys me that people feel like they own players or like the players owe something to the school or whatever. Like they're playing for free. Like they, it, it's it, when it's time to go make. I mean, you could say that they made a bad choice. Like people enter the draft and don't get picked. That happens all the time. But that's not what you know. Like. That's not going to happen in Dre and Ty's case. They're getting picked. And the other guys, if they don't think they're going to get picked, they'll probably be back here. So it's it's not like up for debate, really, to me. I mean, And the rules are set up exactly for these guys to do exactly the thing they're doing. Like, it's the one time. This is the one situation, right, where the NCAA rules are actually set up for the benefit of the student-athlete, right? And they're, they're, taking, they're taking the NCAA and the NBA up on this offer. You know, of course, I mean, look, even if you didn't think you were going to draft it, you should do this. There's no downside to it. There's literally no right. downside. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. I mean, when I saw Jay Huff's thing, when I scanned it, I honestly thought he might have been looking. Like, And I was like, well, I mean, why not? You know, what the hell? Like, put your name in there. Um, yeah, not, I think it would behoove a lot of people to take a minute and find an article and read up on the new rules and what's changed. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be like, Essentially, I don't want to dumb it down too much, but let's say you're going to law school and have to take the LSAT. You know, these guys are basically doing a dummy interview and taking a practice test. Um, and I know that's oversimplifying, but that's kind of what it's like. You know, they have to re- request a you know a, re- a review from the what is it, what it's called the undergraduate advisory committee. Right. Um, then they can declare. They can sign an agent, and the agent can pay for them to travel to meet with teams, travel to work to the combine. Like, there's a lot more they can do now. So when when Kyle said he's signing with the agent, and Mamadi didn't say that, there's it, no difference. Like, as long as they do everything as as scripted, they can terminate that relationship and come back to school. Um, I quite frankly, I don't know why you don't do it, and right. I'd be and shocked if, if we don't see Braxton Key do it. And even if you don't, even if you're like, hey, I don't really think I'm going to go, but it's if nothing else, it's like practice for next year, right? I mean, exactly. it's like, like you get to learn like what the process is like, what it's like to go through the interviews with teams or whatever and do the combine and get the feedback and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and what if someone tells Kyle, like, hey, hey, Kyle, we really, you've got the moxie, you've got the shot, you know, you're not going to become 6'6 overnight. Um, but we, what we like you to, what we'd like to see more of is, is you handling the ball or, you know, you being able to initiate the offense. And, you know, if Kyle gets that information, he comes back to Tony and says this is what they want to work on and they can figure out a way to make it work here, great. If they can't, then he can just go. The league is better and there's other stuff he can go do. Um, And that's Kyle's decision, right? He's He can finish his degree. And I believe that the new rules say if a player leaves early, the school has to cover his, you know, he can come back to school whenever he wants, right? They'll have to honor his scholarship to complete his degree. Um, you know, you won't see that. Ty and Dre are there. Sounds like they're going to do a lot more. You know, which would make them not be able to come back regardless. So, yeah, I, to me, it's kind of a, a no-brainer decision. And then you've got this other like other thing looming, which is when the 
if and when, uh, I think it's probably more when than if, the NBA Players Association finally gets rid of the one and done, there's going to be a draft in the next two or three years that has an absurd amount of talent in it. Um, that could be as soon as next year. I mean, it's unlikely, but it could yeah. happen. And you're going to want to be a veteran in that time because exactly. then you're already vested in the league. Like, you're not, you're not one of these guys in a huge pool of players. Yeah, you don't want to be you know, a borderline late second round pick coming up yeah. in the year. There's 15 extra. Because the guy, the, the reason, guys. the reason the one and done rule is in place is because, and it's a players' association thing, really, is because the guys at the end of the bench, the veterans, the guys that you're like that guy's still in the league, they like the one and done rule because it keeps more talent out of the league for one extra year. Then one extra year increases your pension and all kinds of stuff. So like, and it gives you. I mean, the, the NBA players make absurd amounts of money by the end of their career. Um, even like middling deals, you're making a lot of money. So those guys, like the Channing Fries of the world, they're trying to hang on as long as they can. So the one and done rule keeps guys like Zion and R.J. Barrett in college for a year, which you know theoretically could kind of like maybe give them one extra year on a team. So yeah, you're gonna want to be in the best possible position when that changes. One thing I want to real quick. So let's let's talk about this what what is and what isn't a thing so you submit your information um, to the advisory uh, board then you are allowed to sign an agent that is part of the nba players association list all right that agent can pay for your travel meals and um and basically arrange workouts that that if that if you do that you're you're fine you could still return to school if the they agent just can't you advance, advance you any yeah. money. Right. If the agent right. pays you in advance. The agent pays for uh, a nutrition program or private workouts for you uh, in order to, like, you know, basically prepare for the combine or what have you. Uh, then, then you can't come back to school. You can go through the combine process. If you get a combine invite and you can stay in the draft, and then if you get un- go undrafted, you can return to school. That was a thing that I believe the NBAPA had to make a rule change on, and I'm not 100% sure if they did. But all no, for all intents and purposes, right now. for all intents and purposes, a kid can go through the draft, work with an agent, right? Long as they're not taking, you know, basically a paycheck from the agent in advance of their of their their professional contract, and then get the information they want. Even go through, you know, the combine. But as long as they get back by that deadline, they're okay. And I think for a lot of people, when when Kyle said he was going to sign an agent. It, it did catch folks off guard, and that's okay. There's a lot of there's a you know it's like anything else with the NCAA. It's there's nineteen thousand hoops. It's not like it's just like a game of Uno, right? Um, but then you've got to you got to be mindful, I think, too, that like just going through this process helps the player, right? If nothing else, they they know exactly where they stand in the eyes of the NBA. They go through you know this essentially practice interview, right? to prepare them for the next time they go through it. And then too, they've got some good feedback on what to do for, you know, for the next level and, or excuse me for the next, you know, over the next year to today's point. I just, I, I guess I look at this and I think, why would anybody be against it? And for fans who literally just saw their team win a national championship, why are you so upset? Like of all the times in the world to just be, you know what? Chill for once, for one time to just be cool with everything. This is it. They just won a national, a national title. They had three of the most improbable wins. The most they were as clutch as clutch gets, right? And won a national championship. Dude, calm down. It's all good. Like, even if Virginia goes 20, 20 and like 10 next year, some nonsense. Who cares? Like, they just won a national yeah, title. That's a terrible year. Right? right? You know what I'm saying? Like, they won 178 games over like the last three seasons or some nonsense. Like, who yeah. cares? I mean, it's obviously not 178 games over three years. And for the most part, it seems like most people are handling it fine. I would, like, yeah, that's a good point. And that, that's one we're thing. We're really about talking it is, about a, a group of people that are like detached from. And, and, and I appreciate that some of them <laughs> pay my salary. I'm just saying, like, y'all, please, just call, it's okay. Like, they want a natty, man. Enjoy your gear. You know, wear that stuff with pride. You know, if if next year, I saw somebody on Twitter say this, and I'm going to steal it. But, like, if next year the team sucks, enjoy looking at the banner in JPJ when you're there to watching them lose. You know what I mean? Like, and we'll get to in a second, like, some of the, you know, reasons why they might not be so bad. But, like, I understand, that, like, it's tough to watch guys who you were hoping could come back and do something, you know, even more special next year. I get it. But, man... Like, just support the kids, man. Like, that's – I don't know. I don't know why this is so difficult for some folks. But hey, anyway. Let's be honest. Even if even if every one of these guys stayed in the draft, it would not be the least talented team Tony's won with. That's true. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, 
And you would probably be able to pick up like any grad transfer you want. I mean, you still like, got Kihei. You still got you still got Casey Morcel coming in. You still have Jay Huff on the bench. Who, you know, uh, as soon as a month ago, people wanted to play over Mamadi. Um, True. I mean, there's still a lot of talent on the team, and and trust me, I, I was I was looking back to I don't want to name any players, but there's been some interesting rosters that Tony has gone to North Carolina and beaten very good teams with before. Um, so it's not like they're going to be trash can juice because of speaking because of, of um, whatever happens. Speaking of North Carolina, so Justin McCoy is Virginia's latest commit on the hoops front. Man, that thing talk about escalating quickly. That thing escalated quickly. Um, Virginia went from you know at that point. I mean, I'm talking to sources of you know there. The the word is is that there, there there could be a decision soon, but it didn't seem like Virginia, at least according to my folks I talked to, had a whole lot of confidence that like it was imminent. Something happened in that afternoon. I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly, you know, who did what and how, but man, that thing, I mean, that thing moved in a hurry. So McCoy, part of Virginia's class, an interesting sort of piece if you think about what Virginia's had success with um, in that 3-4 mold. Um, I've got a lot of questions about, you know, what it means for 2020 and things like that. I think there's just there's too many irons in the fire right now to know for sure, but it certainly does seem like that he could play with another you know, uh, Henry Coleman, um, uh, or, or maybe the Williams kid from, from DC. Like it, that seems like, you know, an either or situation even more now, but right now we don't know what the numbers are going to be in 2020. Um, were you guys, I don't know. I don't want to say, were you surprised? Cause that's not really, um, I mean, your kid had taken an official and everything. Um, but given the, the, the space and everything else going on, did, did, did did the tea leaves tell you? Did you, do you get any more from from Virginia taking McCoy, other than this is just a good player, a kid from Carolina who had a Carolina offer, a committable Carolina offer? Um, do you take it as more than just Virginia trying to add pieces that they liked? No, I mean I didn't personally. Um, I thought if anything he was going to hold out, you know, to visit Carolina. Uh, That's exactly what I thought. I thought he, I thought UVA had a shot, but I thought he might take you know at least take the visit or whatever. But he's probably yeah. pretty familiar with that program at this point. Yeah, and you know, um, at this point with Tony, like you know, when you hear of a recruit late, especially late, getting an offer, that means Tony really likes him. Um, so, and if he's willing to commit, we're going to take him. So, I mean, I don't know how much pressure they turned on him. Um, the evidence seems to suggest they may have done a little bit of a hard sell, but. You just won the national title. I, don't, I think we should be beyond the point of being a surprise that a that an unsigned kid from the current year's class would want to come play for you. Um, especially, you know, McCoy is kind of that, you know, not a top 100 recruit. Um, so a guy that Tony has proved can can turn into a a much better player um, by the time he he finishes. Whether that's three years or four years, we'll we'll find out. So, yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised just because of the Carolina thing that he was ready to commit. But I uh, wasn't surprised that Virginia did whatever they did to push for it or wanted to take him because I really like his game. Yeah. Brad, I thought you were going to say something. Um, <laughs> no, not this no, time. Uh, for once, I was yeah, actually quiet. I think I think he's a good ad, I, I think for sure. I mean, he's somebody that uh, he could develop into like a really good defensive player. He's got the frame and the athleticism for that. And I think he's got some offensive potential that maybe a guy like Isaiah Wilkins, like he came in with the defensive chops and the athleticism, but I don't know if he had the the game offensively when he got to Charlottesville that I think McCoy could have. So, um, and you know, similar size. So I, I think he's a good ad. I mean, I, obviously if Carolina wanted him and UVA wanted him, there's, there's something to it. And I'm not exactly, I see, I don't really remember much about his initial recruitment, but it, it, looking at his offers and everything, it's kind of interesting that he ended up at Penn State. Uh, didn't seem like he had a ton of offers, so he must have had a big senior year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I liked what I saw, and, and it definitely a good ad. And kind of, yeah, you know, going back to the previous topic, I mean, this is the kind of guy that can – he's going to be raw as a freshman, but, you know, he can eat up some minutes for you if, you know, maybe one or two of these guys that you're not expecting to leave ends up leaving or, or whatever. And, and worst, you know, best-case scenario, he – plays as little as you need him to worst case scenario maybe he can jump in and be a, a big part of the rotation right away but definitely a good addition uh it's always good to have another player from from this part of the country 
that knows what ACC basketball is like and is invested in that uh, in in the program. So I think that definitely a good addition. And I feel like they're not quite done yet, uh, but it's definitely a, a good third part of the already good recruiting class. Brad, have you seen McCoy play anywhere? I, you know, it's funny you say that because I've actually been racking my brain. So the, the way this typically works is if a guy is on UVA's radar and I hear about it, I will spend some time when I go to events watching uh, various guys. I honestly, I can't say that I've ever seen him play, but that doesn't mean I've never seen him play, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, you've probably, a lot of people said that about Jared Culver. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Because it was like he's on all these teams, but nobody knew who he was. I'm pretty yeah. sure he ran with CP3 at some point. And if he did, I'm pretty sure I saw him. Now I talked to plenty of folks in the in the triangle that I that I trust, and there was some mixed bag on him, mainly because he sort of came out of nowhere uh, late. And late bloomers, I don't know how do I explain this. Late bloomers on the on the hoop side seem to they see, I don't want to say they freak talent evaluators out, but people aren't sure how to handle them, right? So it, it, in my experience, a guy who kind of comes on late. Um, People and, and he's a guy that people have seen. Like they're they're almost like they don't trust what their eyes, sh- you know, what they what they actually see from that kid late. They think that what they saw first is it was real, right? And so there's there's a little bit of a mixed bag on him in the in the in the triangle. What I find fascinating about it is that NC State was on him, and NC State apparently, in talking to folks down there, thought like this was going to get done. And then Virginia came through, and Virginia basically swooped in out of nowhere, and the kid was enamored. And then Carolina was basically looking at him and kind of on the fence as to whether or not, like how serious were we going to be about this kid? And then they heard Virginia was interested, heard he was going to take a Virginia visit, and that thing moved up to an offer really fast, which is not the way Carolina typically plays it. What usually happens is Carolina will say, hey, come in for a visit, and that will slow things down enough. That was not going to work here. They offered in hopes that that would be enough. But my understanding was that he visited with the Carolina staff beforehand, and then there was no UVA plan on the, excuse me, no UNC visit on the back end, and so Virginia was able to basically, you know, close at a time when Carolina was still very, very Carolina was thinking very much that they were in the hunt. They were just worried that he was going to decide before they had a chance to really regroup. And so at that point, I don't know if when he committed to UVA, if. Carolina was actually trying to get him to come in for a visit or not. I just know one wasn't planned. So all of the way that that thing shook, shook out, multiple ACC coaching staffs thought the kid was good enough to try to add. There's some some of the some of that is the spring. I mean, the spring has a tendency to push teams to do things maybe yeah. in a way that they wouldn't normally do. You talk yourself into stuff, right? Exactly. That being said, UVA has not ever been one of those teams. Like UVA, like Tony Bennett is not like that and so for him to to take the kid says a lot to me um but as i look at the crystal ball i mean like um it just seems like nice fit between the kid and the culture and sort of the skill set and what virginia's had some success with what they need though right now is more guard grad transfers i i still think and I've said this on the board, like, I think it's going to be a while. And I could be wrong. I mean, Tony might see a grad transfer tonight he really wants to go after. But in, in talking to different folks, it certainly sounds like the grad transfers are not a thing Tony is super into. So you might want to temper your expectations on what could be coming. Now, if if Kyle and, and Mamadi were to stay in the draft and Virginia had all this space and they could, you know, okay, maybe then we're talking about something different. But uh, as it stands right now, I don't think you're going to see Virginia really – like make a strong push for a grad transfer. It's going to be kids like McCoy guys who were committed to or signed in school with schools who have had coaching changes. Um, but even now it's kind of late. I mean, the, the spring period for signing began today. So my guess is we'll get a, a an official release on, on McCoy here in the next day or so. Um, but I mean, you know, at this point you, you sort of have to wait and, and kind of see sort of where things go um, from here. Um, before we get to the Housers, let me let me do our our other ad break for the evening. Um, Caps Corner Podcast also brought to you tonight by Ask Landis, a company based in Charlottesville that specializes in helping you downsize and declutter. Served in Central Virginia for the past ten years, Stephen Landis and Brandon Lloyd have been helping folks all over the region clear things out from their homes and businesses, as well as providing a turnkey solution for those who just need a little help getting from point A to point B. Not only will Ask Landis remove anything that you don't want, but they'll also make sure to recycle whenever possible. So maybe you're somebody who's um, going to put your house in the market. Maybe you got a basement that needs clearing out, a garage, 
whatever you've been putting it off for a few years now. Whatever the case may be, let Stephen and Brandon do the work for you and help to declutter your life. You can give the folks at Ask Lannis a call today uh, for a free consultation. Number is 434-249-8383. Or you can visit their website, asklandis.com, A-S-K-L-A-N-D-I-S.com for more. Our thanks again to Ask Landis for their support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. All right, so the other day, in the midst of all this other craziness, um, the Hauser brothers decided they're going to leave Marquette, and everybody in their brother in Wisconsin says it's going to be UVA. And, I mean, when you look at the roster and there aren't currently available scholarships, even with, you know, considering you had the two and then McCoy and everything, the whole thing seems very surreal. I mean, again... Just to talk about things escalating quickly. I think that's probably going to be the, the title of this here episode. Hauser Brothers, are you guys yay or nay? Uh, assuming that, you know, exit interviews happen this week and Virginia somehow manages to have a roster spot. Um, are you yay or nay on the Housers? And explain your uh, explain your vote. Yeah, mine's, mine's pretty simple, yay. Uh, they're, they're too good to pass up if you have the space. Um it, it doesn't, like, they can go where they want to go, right? I mean, not everybody has the space, but if teams have the space, then they're interested. Uh, you, you don't find a lot of six foot eight, six foot nine guys that shoot 40-plus percent from three and can get to the basket and are both good rebounders, one of whom is a younger player who has the potential to develop into a legit NBA prospect, and the older one is a seasoned veteran who was a big part of a Marquette team that was supposed to be a top-ten team next year, so... I don't think it's super complicated. I think if you have the space and they want to come, then you do it. Um, if you don't have the space or it's going to completely jeopardize your long-term planning, then then obviously you have a different calculus. But um, I, I don't think that if, – if they want to come and UVA has two scholarships, even if they have to sit out next year, you, you're looking at a loaded 2020 team probably. Yeah, I'd agree. I agree. I don't think it matters much like what happens with Kyle or Mamadi or – um, whether they come back as far as my interest in the housers, like I would, yeah, know, obviously, cause they have to sit out anyway. Yeah. So. Obviously someone's got to be gone for the scholarship to open up to take both. But I think, you know, regardless, I, I would take them. I know it kind of, I know people are hoping that, you know, we've, we've got some traction with some bigger recruits in 2020 than, than maybe we have in the past. And, but look, these guys have proven they can play at, in Marquette right. against a very good competition. Um, unless you're giving up like a Zion Williamson type. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, your hope is that your hope is that those 2020 players end up being as good as these guys already have shown that they are. Yeah, exactly. So it's and, like, you already know what you're getting. Yeah. And, and the, you know, they're with the spacing. If you think about how it would play out with the roster, you know, having both of them available and then being able to groom, your younger wings, you know, with Joey, when, when Sam goes away, like it, it's kind of perfect. And obviously they have shown interest in Virginia, whether it's through, um, whether it's through back channels or whatever. But if you've got guys with that much talent who know what Tony Bennett's about and how much defense they're going to play and they're willing to come sit a year and learn it and bring you that much, like how could you possibly say no? You know, I don't know which team could. Yeah. I, I want to make two points. One, Wisconsin may be a state, but in terms of basketball, it basically is like one small town in the sense that like everybody knows everybody. And so there like are no secrets. Um, and so when this thing started popping off the other day and like every Wisconsin person is saying the exact same thing, that's a sign. Now, maybe it's a smoke screen and they're, and they're both going to go to Michigan State. But there's no doubt in my mind that they have every expectation on following their due diligence and, and, and trying to see if they can get to UVA. Like, that is, if, that's, if, that's what the, if that's what the folks in, who cover Wisconsin basketball are saying, it's the truth. Um, the second thing I want to make a point of is Tony Bennett not big on grad transfers, but a, a sit one, play one is like catnip because you get all the benefits of, of a grad transfer right you get the experience that you can kind of plug in right away but you get the benefit also that tony likes of having a guy who's who's in the program for a while who is acclimated over over a course of a year um the fact that there's both of them i think they'd be perfect in the blocker mover um you know you'd have to pair them you know with some um with some athletic wings and that's the that's actually been the focus for uva in 20 that's the that's the guys that they feel the best about 
Um, I know everybody focuses on Williams and Coleman, but realistically, it's Johnson, it's Beekman, it's those kids that Virginia's always felt the best about. And if you, you know, you can pair them with with guys uh, who have experience, who you know can do it in the college level, and you're just basically going to get them used to your system. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. And guys that they already recruited. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they guys went after that, those guys. Yeah. And that's something that Tony clearly values in transfers because he recruited Braxton Key out of high school. He recruited Austin Nichols out of high school. So I think that that's something that, you know, like if a guy like that comes open later, then they're like, hmm, let's see, you know, and Darius Thompson. Um, they're like, you know, let's see what we can do. Yeah, yeah. And Brad, you said, you know, with the guys like that, maybe you'd go out to athletic wings. I actually, having watched a lot of them over the last few days, I think you could go the other – you could say, hey, we're going to go a little more athletic at point guard when you know when Kihei's gone, or you've got Casey Morcell, or you go look for a more athletic five man, um, kind of an Amamadi role, or uh, to play with those guys. I, I think you have some versatility, which you could do. You don't necessarily have to go after an athletic wing, but birds in the hand, right? I mean, that's yeah, what that's, you if you can get them, take them. That's a Tony Bennett staple. Um, I think that's a good place to put a pen in it for this week. Um, who knows what will happen between now and when we record next week. But no doubt there will be um, plenty to talk about because that apparently is the, th- is the way it goes. I mean, heck, there's like a spring game that's going to pop up uh, in, in like a week and a half. And like we barely talked about spring football at all, which I guess we'll have to do on, on next week's program. If, yeah, it's my birthday Sunday, so don't forget to tell me happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> Shameless plug there. Uh, if you are someone who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating review. Always helps to get us out in front of more people. We greatly appreciate that. If you are someone who found the pod but hasn't given us a look at the website, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Uh, right now, you can check out our final video from the Final Four from U.S. Bank, US Bank Stadium. Um, Jack Salt, Kihei Clark talking about the championship. Uh, we got a great piece on the site that Ferber did talking about revenue sports and how well things are going for both of them, um, I, which I thoroughly enjoyed uh, for the record. Uh, you can also check out our latest Cats Corner conversation where I caught up with Phony Bennett. Basically, uh, a year after he and I piloted the pod through the first post-UNBC uh, show and we talked about everything that's happened basically between then and the title um, speaking of football you can also check out my buddy sam's piece with three-star louisiana db bud clark talking about his commitment to virginia um, nice little makings of a smaller 2020 class uh, so far for the who's um, so again i want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show I want to thank dave and ferber for giving graciously of their time as always i very much appreciate it so for david spence and justin ferber i'm brad franklin publisher of cavscorner.com thanks for coming out we'll see you soon